I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Hello, everybody. It's Thrive Studio tonight. And we have some very special guests in the house. Uh, we have Mrs. Kerry Paxton and two Year 11 students from Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> and hi, Daniel. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> and they are students, Year 11 students from the Catholic Learning Community of St. John the 23rd Stanhope Gardens. And I'm going to claim a couple of connections. Um, Mr. Peter Webster, who is the principal of the college and the community, and I did work together many years ago, would you believe? And then Kerry and I found out within minutes of meeting each other <laughs> that we also had another connection. Yes. All through education, and for any of us who are in education, you know the family is very, very small. But Thrive Studio tonight is really interested in what happened to you guys during COVID, what happened with your learning, what was it like for you, how was your well-being? because I know uh, the college has a massive wellbeing framework, so Kerry, Kerry, we'll get you to talk about that in a, in a little while. Um, so everybody, if you're listening tonight, you know that we're talking about education matters because we've had the most amazing experience. It's been a very abrupt interruption to education. Um, in New South Wales, we are lucky to be back face-to-face, -face, but our colleagues in Victoria, not so fortunate at the moment. So we're, we're seeing things, we're observing, we're feeling lots of things, and um, our learning, I hope, is still happening. So you guys are gonna be telling us. Um, Kerry is the leader of inclusion and student engagement from K to 12. So the learning community at Stanhope um, Gardens is K to 12 and post um, 12, uh, an, uh, an amazing community of really um, a, a wide variety of compulsory and non-compulsory education. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's really at the, at the coalface of um, the learning communities in the Parramatta Diocese, a large group of schools. Now, Kerry is big on positivity, on optimism, of, uh, on being inclusive in student-led learning environments. And she's done a whole lot of work on the brand new wellbeing framework at the school, as well as positive education, universal design for learning, and leadership. She's um, also a proud mum herself. She's got two adolescent boys that um, equally delight her and challenge her and her family on a daily basis. <laughs> this will be an interesting conversation. I've popped myself down into the bottom part of the picture so we can get Daniel and Sarah and <laughs> carry on. And they're going to go back in and out and uh, we'll, they'll try again. 
So we'll just keep talking. Listeners, you might also have seen some other of our episodes. Uh, we've been doing a panel series and it has been enlightening. It has been all about what we're observing in a very different world of, of educating from home. So tonight it's about learning from home, but in previous weeks we have talked to other educationalists, um, some doing research, some working in professional development for our teachers, others in leadership roles. Uh, and we have a variety of education that is actually happening outside of our usual school format and the structure that we're used to. So we will just see if we we might uh, finish up here at the moment. Oh no, here they come. See, isn't it wonderful? We have great things, yes. <laughs> We have some sound, but we also have um, a, a very patient technician on the end of this, so we just do appreciate that. <laughs> How are we going? I'm going to pop you up into the screen, but you're on the side tonight, so there you go. Probably <laughs> sideways. Yeah. yeah, we're sideways. If you can. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Daniel. Well done. <laughs> okay, we've gone to another plan. So this is what we do. We're adaptable and flexible. So let's get going. So Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Daniel, obviously. I am in year 11. I've been attending St. Mark. So I'm, um, I'm currently, I've done two of my units accelerated. I'm doing religion accelerated. Um, and I guess... I'll talk about what I want to do after school. I think it's a good thing. I want to go into teaching. I want to be a secondary English and HSIE teacher. That's my Oh, that, that's wonderful because, you know, moving, moving into teaching, um, we really need great teachers. And your experience, I mean, I'd be interested. You've got some pretty good teachers at Stanhope Gardens, yeah? Yeah. And would any of would any of those have made an effect on you and why you're, you're thinking of going into teaching? 100%. It's like having a model and a, a role model in terms of what makes a good teacher and also as a mentor and as a figure outside of education. So, yeah, it's very good. I'm very blessed to have the teachers I have and to go to the school they go to, which is kind of directly going to help me into what field I want to go into. So, very blessed to have that. Oh, thank you. Now, what about you, Sarah? You, what, what, what are you, have, you, have you got any idea at the moment? Uh, I'm not too sure what I want to do after school. Yeah. It's a bit... Because yeah. There's so much to choose from, isn't there, really? And Karen, they're in the middle of prelim exams at the moment, so they're taking a little breather from study tonight. They've been studying right up until start time. Um, there are some exams tomorrow, so we're really grateful that they've stayed at school with us tonight, um, given it's another big day for them tomorrow. Oh, well, we, we will be, we'll stay to time for you guys so that you don't uh, miss too much beauty sleep or brain sleep because that's really important to get that brain ready and rested, hey? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, look, our topic tonight is learning from home, right? So who'd like to go first? Just jump in and um, just tell me, 
what was it what what are your biggest memories of learning from home earlier this year uh, well, for me, I had a pretty good experience with learning from home. I was kind of shocked at how well I actually did learning at home. Um, like, the thing that I actually did like was um, the flexibility and control that I had over my day. Mm. And I kind of got to savor some alone time. And, like, yeah, I did miss the social aspect. But at the same time, I still found ways to, like, entertain myself and keep myself busy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I ended up actually enjoying my time in lockdown, as much as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And Sarah, Sarah, I'm interested. Did you learn anything new about yourself because of that? Yeah, I definitely did. Um, one thing I did learn was that how how I actually can learn to plan and be more effective with my time and how to use my time more effectively and the importance of, I guess, planning and scheduling and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so some new skills perhaps. Yeah, definitely. And I had a lot of cooking lunches as well. A lot well. of cooking. Yes, a lot of cooking. <laughs> well, that's interesting because my, my, my training was home economics, would you believe? So um, if I came back into the classroom now, I'd have to retrain as Taz, right? But um, uh, I really, my expertise lay in um, textile. When I was at home with my four babies for 10 years, I designed and started from Calico and then did, um, uh, did, did all the beautiful sewing and beading and all that sort of stuff. So, look, that's interesting because I even think the cooking of the, of the lunches was probably very therapeutic, gave gave your brain a chance to reward itself in other ways, yeah? The smell, the aroma, and the, and the methodology of, of putting things together, or the creativity, yeah? And then the taste. <laughs> and, and I think one thing we've learned as well through that COVID period was anything that we could have some control over brought comfort as well, when so much was out of our control and there was yeah. uncertainty, to be able to plan that, as you're part of your routine that every day I'm what am I going to cook? I'm going to cook something nice for lunch for my family. Yeah. Everyone that's working at home trying to work out how to share a space and yeah, it gave a bit of that that probably some of that much needed structure and comfort as well. What what about you, Daniel? Were you were you into cooking at lunch as well or what did you find out? Not really. The crux of my thing was that um, why I didn't enjoy learning from home is because I kind of thrive on a structure and a routine. You know, for me beginning of the year and, you know, in the years prior to this year and obviously this uncertain time. It's like wake up at a certain time, have a, des a designated um, time to eat my breakfast, go to school, have that social aspect. You know, I have a part-time job. I was going three times a week. I was going to work. I go to the gym and then I come home. And I have time to kind of unwind. And without that, I really struggled with productivity and finding – because, you know, if it came down to – this is what I find with school holidays as well, which is kind of – I only I like having the, the short period of school – holidays in between school because I find myself you know staying up into the later hours of the night because I have no reason to get up and do the things so that was kind of why I found I struggled because I didn't really have anywhere to be and it was kind of difficult finding, mm. finding motivation in myself and planning and sticking to a timetable and I found that I would be spending more time on one thing when I know I shouldn't so yeah it was kind of a difficult time but glad it's over hoping fingers crossed um that doesn't happen again but obviously if it does happen again one thing I've learned is I know to prepare in advance to set myself a timetable find more accountability from my family and my friends so it was a learning experience as positives 
obviously to have watched the same black such a negative at the time, but I didn't know. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because um, that's what we've been hearing. You know, you talk to a lot of family and uh, you talk to a lot of people in schools and they're saying it's mixed. You know, it's very, very, very mixed, the reactions of people. So, and we know that some of us uh, really love tasks, structured tasks. Other, other of us uh, can do impromptu, can do whenever. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal to be, you have your routine totally changed. Yeah. For you, so I, I I agree with you. You've got to have some structure. I I believe a structure is quite quite a good thing to put in place, even if you find it difficult to have the structure. You have a little bit of structure. Yeah, Kerry, what would you say? Is that um, Asara and Daniel fairly indicative of of all the students at the college that you have talked to about being at home learning? Yeah, I think um, they're probably at either end of the spectrum. So, um, and we've had everything in between. So I think as a school, it was a big challenge for how do you leave space for everyone to find what they need in, in interacting with us and what we're providing and what our expectations are as well. Yeah. So how do we maintain learning and keep that connection to school and still have some expectations for students to be keeping up with some of their schoolwork? but also have that flexibility around how that is achieved and how that works for each family. But even in yeah. with our families, you would find that that full range of some that wanted an exact structure of this is the timetable of the day and we're going to be doing these subjects at this particular time. And others would say, you know, we want to do a little bit in the morning and then take some family time and take a break in the middle of the day and do some later. Or, you know, they'd be working... Is there? parents' work commitments and when they were needing to do their own Zoom meetings and those sorts of things. So um, oh. we needed to leave space in what our expectations were so that everyone could, could fit themselves in there and see themselves in our routines. Well, there's a lot of cooperation that's got to go on to make it all happen. Um, so one of the big learnings, I think, in our place was we had, we had a designated place where we'd meet in the afternoon, um, various you know, if, if whoever was home, you'd, you'd have the, the times to meet or you'd have you'd have a mechanism, some um, signs on the door, don't disturb for one hour. <laughs> if I was recording or, or doing a webinar or something like that. Ah, so what about um, your friends and your, your circle of friends at school, Daniel? What were they sort of saying about how they managed, how were they feeling during COVID? Very mixed, obviously, kind of what we're talking about, that spectrum, how everyone learns differently because obviously the nature of every person is different. So obviously, um, with my friends, I could say they're on very different ends of the spectrum. Some people, like, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it, like myself didn't enjoy it. So I think it came down to, you know, to each their own. It's very interesting to see kind of like a microcosm of what's in the classroom then to be left to their own devices. It kind of showed me, and it also did reflect, like, you know, my friends. And this is another thing about... I found that the people who um, I am friends with just because I go to school with and then was highlighted to people that I stay in contact with, it kind mm -hmm. of showed out similarities in character. And definitely another, you know, good thing about COVID is it showed me who I can work better with because of who I would maybe I'd call them or I'd FaceTime them and we'd have a little chat about the, the learning and then it kind of strengthened our relationship to then come back to school and to be next to them in a classroom, it allowed us to work better and strengthen our relationship, definitely. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. 
Right. Well, that's interesting, Sarah. What this? What did you? What were your friends sort of saying to you? Did you have lots of friends that were feeling exactly like you? I mean, I we've got different size families. Yeah. A couple of friends that were feeling the same way as me. A couple of friends who I actually didn't even expect. Well, I didn't even expect either that were going to be thriving in lockdown were actually doing quite well. They they really enjoyed the flexibility and the control they had over the structure of their day. But at the same time, there were also people who struggled. But then there were also people who were just like indifferent. It's just like, oh, it's still school. It is what it is. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So. You must have um, you must have found some favourite things to do in your learning. There must have been some things that you were quite happy to not have to do, and some that you were happy to do. So, tell us a little bit about that. One thing would be getting ready in the morning and the process of like getting to school. I felt like I was saving so much time by not being happy having to, you know, get in the car and go all the way to yeah. school, get stuck in morning traffic. traffic Instead, that, yeah. I could, you know, go on the walk in the morning, you know, hang out with my siblings in the morning for a little bit before we get stuck into our daily routines. Yeah. Carrie, you can imagine our mornings around our school. We have 2,000 people arriving on site um, wow. and leaving. So we do have um, a fair bit of traffic congestion around the school at, the, at that time. Um, I actually wasn't working at home. I was still coming into work and, and um, helping to supervise the students that we still had coming to school. And I had such an easy drive in. <laughs> <laughs> straight in, straight through the streets. Yeah. There was no traffic at all. So that I could take that hustle and bustle out of the morning yeah. um, made it a yeah. lot for everyone in our community. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would have been... Um, it probably still gave you back some time as well because it, the you know the traffic's not on the road yeah um that's um that's interesting i mean you would have you would have tuned into the the teaching staff as well kerry not just the students mm -hmm. yes. and um i mean it makes you makes you think you know we're all i i think we're all like licorice all sorts and uh you know all shapes sizes colors spots stripes it doesn't matter um but we do have some similar behaviours under stress and, and then we also have some very interesting behaviours under stress. So did you find that people around the school, so did you have some, you still had students coming to school? Yeah, not, not too many, but yes, we yeah. did. Yeah, and you would have some staff, yeah? Yeah, so we would have um, our school leaders were on a, a roster, so they would come in and share that. But um, yeah. I have to say, um, our absolutely amazing support staff. So we had support staff here from our diverse learning team, our admin team were here every day. So um, because some of those jobs, and you would have seen the debate in the media as well around accountability when working from home, some of those yeah. jobs can't be done from home. So I think um, we were blessed to be able to have our teachers take some time to work from home. Um, manage their own families and, and, and teach online. Yeah. Um, but there was a large proportion of our staff that didn't have that option. So, um, but I found that a really bonding time for all of us. So it, it was actually quite special um, to have, yeah, more time with each other as well and a little bit less of the, the busyness of a school day um, because it was a, a group of staff supporting much fewer students here on site. Yeah. Have you got any um, examples of what 
you actually were doing for each other because there's some fantastic stories, even in families, you know, what, what you ended up doing for each other, even in the neighbourhood perhaps. But the staff at schools, they're, they're big communities. So that uh, your support staff, I mean, they do an amazing job and, and, you, and you're right. So you have to be there. And the stories that I hear are that people just sort of lifted, lifted a bit. This is what we're going to do for others. And there's a bit of research that says that you do about five times as many good deeds for other people that actually help you with your own well-being. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, well, the other thing for us, we're a Catholic community, so um, for us, outreach and social justice is important all the time, but especially yep. it was during COVID, um, and our community is not immune from the financial impacts that, that are occurring at the moment. So I think um, one yep. of the things we've really valued is the opportunity for us to reach out to the community and provide support. And that's been through material support, food drives and toiletries and all those sorts of things, um, but also emotional support and you know, things like our school counsellors were putting together um, information packages that they were distributing out digitally to our communities to help families know how to talk about this at home. Um, you know, how do you talk around what's happening with, you know, remember we've got very young children as well here on site, so yeah. how do you talk about what's happening? around the dinner table? How do you support each other as a family? So um, definitely it was very much around the ro role of our school in supporting that resilience of the whole community, um, not just the students and staff, but going broader than that. Well, if you've got 2,000 students arriving each day, uh, you then, we then go outwards and we think all the families that are attached to that. There's, there's, it gets to be a significant community of, of ripples, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and, we and we don't know. Yeah. We're missing them. So, you know, our gates are open. invited into our classrooms all the time. And um, we still aren't able to have as many adults on site as we would like to. So, we're missing our parents and our grandparents. Yeah. Um, our grandparents, some of them, you know, this is a, a social hub for them as well, getting to come up and yeah. Yeah. pick them up each day. So, um, we, we did things where we tried to maintain that connection as much as possible. We did a virtual Easter hat parade. Um, <laughs> um, our Mother's Day celebration was all done virtually. So we're doing everything that we can to keep that strong connection with our families and extended families and into the community. Yeah. So I bet you're waiting for me to ask you the question about what do we forget about now? We don't need to do it anymore. What do you reckon... Daniel, you got any ideas, Sarah? Any ideas of what we could get? Perhaps we don't need to do it anymore now that we've had this experience? Well, because, like, for certain students, we did actually do well at home. I think flexible attendance could be a thing. That we, not every student needs yeah. to be physically at school yeah. because some students are capable of doing that same work at home, mm -hmm. especially in circumstances where um, the teacher isn't really involved in the lesson it's more of a self-directed like Project lesson on that specific day yeah. where we could okay. yeah mm. i feel like that could be something that could be explored more that we could try to have yeah a flexible mm. schedule not everybody coming in 8 30 everyone because then it also does avoid traffic it can yeah. be if people if parents have work commitments if students mm. yeah, I think mm. that's, yeah yeah, I think that's, that, yeah. That, that's actually one of the things that's been coming up hasn't it yeah about the, the style of the learning that you were asked to do or the, say, the um, experiential work or the research 
work that you're doing. Um, so, yeah, the type of learning that you were doing, that would that would make a difference to how you feel about what we keep, what we don't keep. Yeah, I think so. And I think for teachers, um, I, know, I think this has come through in some of your previous conversations as well as we has been yeah. um, that relief that we had from some of the administrative demands of compliance um, gave us some to, to teach what we felt our students yeah. needed at that time. Um, yeah. And, and I think that was a huge... And, and allowed teachers to invest more in self-care as well, knowing that there was a little bit more of... Um, yeah. with how we, we documented what we were doing. Yeah. What else did you... What else do you think we could... Um, maybe we could just not do as much of. Maybe that's another... another. What else could we could not do as much of? <laughs> Any thoughts? I'm not sure what your friends might might have said to you. You know, oh, wouldn't it be great if we don't have to do this anymore, or if we if we did this? So you'd probably all have a bit of a conversation about what you thought really mattered and what you thought are oh, making any difference here. That's okay. <laughs> Besides the, the kind of whiny nature of adolescence, mm. sometimes I wish we didn't have to do this, but that's obviously you yeah. don't do well at school. You don't have to do this. I think that nothing else was mm. the main thing was the flexible attendance. I, I yeah, know. and like maybe even different modes of like how the teachers actually decide to teach a certain class it, because they have now have more experience with digital styles of teaching and they can kind of integrate like all that, of these yeah. different technological ways into their lessons to make it more interactive for students. Hmm. Did you hear much from your friends about whether they found it difficult to, to do the virtual learning um, time or access to, say, the, the Wi-Fi or the, or the, you know, the internet that you needed? Because that's, that's been an issue in other countries around the world, around the globe, depending on the accessibility, then places like Bangladesh, um, they have something like 85% of their population accessing internet. And, and so they, they moved fairly smoothly. But here in Australia, we do have, a, we do have an equity issue. Um, so I wondered whether that had become an issue as well. Not necessarily my friend groups. I feel like everyone does have access to internet, yeah. like good connection. But the thing was, like in my family, because a lot of everyone was at home, everyone was on the Wi Fi, so things got a bit slow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Other than that, yeah. and that was probably um, more of a consideration with some of our younger primary students because you guys have your own device. Yeah. So we yeah, have a one to one yeah. device from yeah. year three onwards. But for our kinder ones and twos, Often they're sharing a device. You might have one iPad for all of the children Still in the family. Yeah, so, um, you know, we had twins in different classes within the same year group. So who gets to Zoom and who uses the device? And um, there were all those sorts of things that we had to work out. So the equity is also not just around Wi-Fi, but it's, it's sharing devices between, yeah, busy families. Yeah. And I wonder if you had another idea, um, you know, now that we're back at school, is there one big idea that might be worth investigating for how you do things with John the 23rd? What do you think? I mentioned this earlier, but, like, again, that flexible attendance thing, because I was doing so well at home, I really feel like 
I would actually like some days where I could spend at home and do my schoolwork there and then come to school and ask my teachers the questions there and have my discussions and then go back and apply all of what I learned physically at school at home. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing that I really would like be interested in trying out and exploring a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, I second that. I think also maybe we've kind of done a little, we've done some investigation into um personalized learning and trying to make it. I think that's kind of what it falls under. Yeah. Kind of seeing that different students will perform best in different circumstances and therefore adapting. If you have um, a particular subject, I can't think of any specific ones, but a particular subject in which it is, it can be more personalized. It's not as much of a, you know, teacher-led. And I think maybe we can incorporate that and that also would fall into like flexible attendance and different modes of, and using maybe different software or different Zooms and stuff like that. Maybe if they have, you know, we have maybe, you know, where a teacher pre-records himself explaining and then it's up to the students and then they have the teacher there. Yeah, mm. that's what you said, yeah. And, and I think what's wonderful for us, these are not new conversations for us here in our community. So we were having these conversations well before COVID. So um, even before this happened, so we're having swipes installed. So our um, secondary students are going to be swiping into school and into different spaces. So they don't necessarily need to be in the classroom and yeah. not in a traditional role. So they could be working with a different teacher somewhere else in the school. So the infrastructure and those conversations have been happening here um, well before COVID. COVID's probably just... Um, maybe sped it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> a little bit of, you know, a, a bit of a forced experiment yeah. of what could it look like and, and will it work? And we've seen yeah. some great successes with it. So um, we'll keep going with those things. But yeah. Well, if, if it happened again, you'd be ready to go Mark 2, yeah? Yeah. 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 And I think that's when that notion. For us and a lot yeah. of other schools yes, because 100%. we already were so far down that journey of, of mm. you know, working online and all of the different platforms and collaborative tools that we were already using digitally. So yeah. I think it was quite a smooth transition, particularly for our secondary students yeah, yeah, yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Another thing is that our school could try, like school journals could try to do is like because at home, students could have more flexibility and choice in what they decided to do with their day. Maybe even having students themselves having the ability to timetable their day. So, for example, on Monday, I only want to do chemistry and art, so I'll just do those on Monday. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, I want to do all math, so maybe I want to timetable that. And having that, having students having the ability to timetable their day in accordance with, you know, the school having that negotiation and having that conversation with, okay, can I do this on today? Can I do this tomorrow? Mm -hmm. yeah. Will, which is what we do. We do that in blocks, don't we? And a lot of a lot of the research tells us that the zones that we can put ourselves into and to be able to concentrate and focus, um, they're very important. We've got those little micro-resiliency um, strategies that we use to help us focus and energise. That's that's, uh, that's that's something to... Oh, I wonder if your principal, Mr Webster, is listening to this tonight. Do you think so? I think he probably would be, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, there's some great ideas and student voice is um, has always been um, appreciated and I know um, that Mr Webster has always had a strong passion for wellbeing and, and care as well as a bit of fun. Yeah. Does he still do that? Yeah, a little bit of fun. Yeah, it's very um, important to us as a community through that period of working from home as well, because 
We'd love to have a laugh together. There's a lot of a lot of fun in our community, so we needed to look at ways to keep keep that happening, didn't we? Very yeah. important. Yeah. And, and yes, and and I think Dr. Webster was the star of many short videos yeah. at home. Um, uh -huh. In mind, yes, getting a little giggle out of all of us. Do you have Daniel? Have you got a favourite fun moment that you want to tell us about, Sarah? Sarah, what about you? <laughs> Always oh, that fun time while we were in while we were doing remote learning. Even yes, but even with the communication between home and school, some of those was was there something that really stood out that's a memory for you? I remember there was a it's kind of a communication with me. It's kind of a fun loving thing because obviously we're in such a um an emotionally uncertain time. I remember as a science teacher, um, he sent this thing with a little tag challenge where you had a toilet paper roll and you try to kick it around as many times. Mm -hmm. And I remember even it was just going into my lounge room and trying that was an example of like... You guys had meme wars as well. We, we did. did. Yeah, yeah, we had... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. We, had a, we had a challenge that went around the grade. It was like trying to come up with the best, you know, little joke or meme and send that in. And it, it was yeah. just kind of relaxing <laughs> and fun. Yeah. We would have a little giggle. Yeah. yeah. Like, even though our grade wasn't physically there together, we still had that opportunity to still stay connected and grow in our relationship in a just through way. a simple little yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're the things you remember, aren't they? A lot, a lot of that. And, and I'm sure they were quite deliberately um, developed and created with the wellbeing uh, framework in mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, the whole focus for our wellbeing framework was um, a project that um, we worked on last year and it was around being at the frontier of connectedness. Yeah. So, um, and that was one of Dr. Webster's driving questions, um, you know, setting one of those wicked problems for us to solve. You know, if we're at the frontier of connectedness, then what does that look like here at our school? I don't think any of us could have ever predicted how much that would lead us into this year. So yeah. that theme of connectedness um, has really been what's been driving us, yeah, all through last year and then and very much put into practice this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, thriving, thriving is all about being connected to the things that give you um, the opportunity to manage the ups and the downs. Yeah, set yourself the small the small goals or the small steps so that you uh, you can get them done. Well. Is there something I haven't asked you tonight that you'd like to tell me about and tell our listeners about? Le learning during COVID, learning from home. The daily routine I had was kind of interesting. Okay. Um, I, because in the beginning of COVID, it was a bit of a struggle getting into a routine. But then eventually, it like naturally, I naturally fell into a routine that actually worked for me. Yeah. Like I would wake up, I would go for a walk. And I come home, and because I had that extra time instead of going to school, I would make myself like a really, I would make myself a nice breakfast. You know, I got into cooking, so I'd make myself a really nice breakfast. Have that. I'd get ready, and then I would plan out my day. I'd be like, okay, I have these zooms on today, but the other for the rest of the day, I can kind of do whatever I need to do. So I would kind of figure out what was my priority subjects for the day, and I would do that. And because I have a little sibling. Um, four years old and so he needed that time to like let out all of his energy or else he'll be pestering <laughs> um, during our days and we didn't really want to do that so I would take him out maybe like twice a day for half an hour each 
and we would go out and we would ride our bikes and scooters down the street and then all of our like our neighbors would um, be out there as well riding their bikes and then when it came to night time because I was really productive during the day I could just chill out and hang out with my family which was something that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So you you were experienced a lot of autonomy in your decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Self direction. They they're fantastic skills, and even some adults don't get them right, Sarah. So you're it's it's a good time to be able to to learn how to do those. And listen, what about you, Daniel? You know, you talked a bit about finding it more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Daily routine was. I still kind of. I think towards the end, like you said, you kind of play around with. You know, if I get up at X, Y, Z time, if I have a Zoom, it's kind of um, playing around. I did find myself when I would have a free period, when I'd have a rostered free period, which would then be me, you know, sitting at home. Um, I would go for a walk, I'd do some exercise. Um, I tried to also have my, or even as simple as having the door open and then, you know, every hour or so I walk up, go play with my pet, you know, talk to my mum, mm. go outside. So I think, yeah, but, mm. yeah. And what I think Daniel and I were talking earlier as well, one of the things that, we had in common that we had to learn is that it was okay to not be productive all the time. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, all teachers feel this way, I think, that we constantly have to be, you know, achieving something and working and um, that often involves nights and weekends and holidays. Um, that's our profession, unfortunately. But during that time, yeah. really, really important to know that we didn't need to do that and, yeah. it, and it actually probably was very unhealthy to be doing that. It was unprecedented time yeah. so the ability to give yourself permission yeah. to not be yeah, productive yeah. all the time yeah. and be kinder to yourself I think was a really wonderful learning yeah. Yeah. and and we talk here about we don't want to bounce back we don't want to go back to where we were before we we want to learn from this and do things differently and and we're looking at how that is reimagined here at our school and yeah. I think that kindness to self yeah. and that okay yeah. Um, you know, that it's actually really important to slow down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that's a really valuable learning for all of us. And because well, we're spending so much time alone, I feel like we got to kind of appreciate our alone time and, you know, how to be with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being, being with yourself is um, a very interesting concept and the more we get to... The more we get to know ourselves, the more benefit we get um, from it. Um, and it's something, it's some, it takes us a lifetime to learn. Some people get it quicker than others. But I love the fact that you're doing this, at, um, it's, it's embedded into how you do, you, do, uh, you learn um, at, um, at, uh, at school, in your, in your community. And because you're K-12 and post-school, um, you're little people. Uh, being able to tap into what the bigger ones are actually doing as well. So there's there's a lovely um, age generational thing going on as well. So hats off to you um, for, for doing that. It's uh, it's an interesting time. You do learn more about yourself, don't you? Um, so if I said to you, if you had a message for the world at the moment and you'd want to tell them one thing, and we'll keep it about you're still here at school, so you've got another year before you leave um, and go on to, to uh, broader pastures to do more learning, whatever it is you do. What would be your message for the world at the moment? And you can decide who goes first or who shares it. <laughs> it's a big message. 
I don't know if this is necessarily educational specific, but it's kind of in general. Like, enjoy what you have, mm. live in the moment, because we honestly don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, take things one step at a time. Don't go overwhelmed. Don't think about the past or the future too much. Enjoy what you're doing. Um, be grateful and appreciative. Um, yeah, because mm. we have no idea what's going to... That's what I would say, yeah. And I'm not being, like, on that positive note, I'll say that you're doing great. Like, everyone's doing as great as they possibly can, given the circumstances and the crazy times that we're in. Yeah. Beautiful advice. Beautiful advice. And what and what about you, Kerry? What would your advice be? Um, yeah, I think when I when I bring it back to the, the teacher aspect of it as well, I probably look at it with lots of hats on. Um, from a mm. perspective, I think it was... Um, the message was definitely to find more time for family. Um, and, I, and we saw that in communities. You'd be out and about, wow. see families walking together, riding bikes together. Um, that that prioritising of family time was a really wonderful thing of that, that, you know, that period of time, I guess. And it'd be great to have that continue. But I think for teachers, when I look at my, put my teacher hat on, that resistance to change that we sometimes have as teachers it disappeared during that time and teachers came together collectively to work together um, out of necessity and this need to support our, our, our students and, and do what we could for them and the pace of learning was was, sky, like, it was so fast and, and there wasn't any of that hesitation that we have of I've done it this way, I've always done it this way. It was everyone was willing to try something new and be really generous in that working together to solve the problem. I'd love to see that continue. It was it was a, a wonderful, inspiring and, and energising experience to work together in that. And because we had to, we can, we can use a few different words to describe what we had to do. One of them's adapt, one of them's be flexible. Pivot's another one that's been popular and some people like it, some people don't. It seems to polarise people, but it's because we had to do it together. Yep. New things evolved, new ways of being evolved. So it's not just collaboration, it's actually an evolution of something new. And so your ideas tonight, um, Sarah and Daniel, are really precious. So they're a gift in themselves because your voice is saying, you know what, we've experienced this too and we're pretty important, our voice is important. Um, and you've got a community that actually listens. And that's what's come through for me. And I don't, I haven't met Kerry um, apart from one meeting before this. I don't have any inside information about, about her. But um, it's, it's usually that when you've got values of care, of, of looking out for more than just yourself when we, we care for others, um, that's where you start to see an evolution of a new way of thinking and all the innovation that comes through it. So I, I hope it, um, it, it continues to sort of blossom at springtime. So why won't it go crazy, you know, um, you've come out of that. So, look, I just want to thank you all so much for tonight. I know you've got <clears throat> exams, assessments, you name it, come, whatever, the usual thing, but you've, um, and thank you for your preparation. I know there was some practising this afternoon and some and some getting ready and you've done superbly well. So, but you guys love videos. You, you do it all the time, don't you, with your phones? Yeah.
Yeah. Say your old hands at it. And uh, Kerry, thank you so much because you've been the liaison. We'll thank, we'll thank Dr. Um, Webster as well. Thank you very much, Peter. Um, and uh, every best wish for the rest of the year. Okay. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you for letting us share our story and put these beautiful students forward. Absolutely. And, and because I'm a tragic, we'll use the same music that we started with. It's been a good night. You can have a bit of a jig. Listeners, we've had a little bit of um, feedback tonight on the line, so that's a little issue for me to fix up. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> and uh, we, we got there in the end, so that's what we've done. We've pivoted tonight. We've made the most of a situation and we keep moving on. So if you'd like to know more about what I do for my work, pop on to Thriving Matters or Carrie Benedett. If you'd like to know more about the community at Stanhope Gardens, the Catholic learning community of St John the 23rd, their website is a humdinger. You should have a look at it. They're, all, they're live on Facebook tonight. So parents, teachers, anyone else that's listening, thank you for your patience tonight. We've had a bit of fun and um, you should be very proud of the community that you've got. So keep going strong, keep going strong, keep evolving. I think it's beautiful because we're living in history. You know that, don't you? You're part of history right at this moment. <laughs> okay, I'll see you around. Carrie Benedict, thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Bye.